Hey guys, Josh here. This is part two of a conversation that Mel and I had with Wagga-based comedian David Kinnean. Dave was awesome in part one. Make sure you go back and listen to that. But today is mostly standalone, so if you haven't heard part one, we do encourage you to go back and listen to that, but stick with today's episode and then go back and maybe get to know Dave even better with part one. Okay, I won't keep you too long at the start. You can support the show by going to punchingsideways.com. You can listen to it there, share it with someone who might like it, and also you can press the buy me a coffee button there, which helps Mel and I keep this pirate ship afloating. Okay, here is David Kinnean, a very funny man from Wagga Wagga, Australia. Let's do this thing. Josh will think of a very smart and funny joke and I'll say, okay, tell it to me. And I'll, I go, I can understand that because I know you, but 90% of the population will not understand the way you're articulating it. Correct. Yeah. Perfect concept. You just need to tweak the wording because it's just going to go straight over. Yeah. So you do, not in a disrespectful way, but you have to play to the the general population, right? Not the people that actually know you. Because you could go, oh, I get that. It's, it's like you're having your own inside joke with the audience, except that they don't know yeah. <laughs> because they don't know you. The so, goals, yeah. the goals to be funny to people that don't know you. Yeah. More yeah. so than and, people that do. <laughs> and that's what we do. We get together and we bounce stuff off each other all the time. And, uh, and you know, the guys that I work with and the girls that I work with will get sick of hearing me say this, but I'm not looking for them to give me a punchline, yeah. but I'm looking for them to say, oh, maybe just – just change that word here or there because it didn't quite connect because me not being up on huge amount of pop culture, quite often I'll, I'll say stuff that's a little bit outdated, mm-hmm. uh, not not in an offensive way, but just in a way that people go, what what, what does that mean? The reference. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so it's it's uh, it's just um, you know, polishing a word here or there or changing this or that. Uh, and and that's that's what we do. And that's just us working on a, on a local level with, with mm-hmm. comedians. We, uh, we did that. This morning, did that Wednesday, Thursday of the week before, just getting through and just, you know, making sure there's nothing glaringly obvious that when you've got this thought in your head, you know, because often you go, oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to get on stage and tell that. And someone goes, oh, just before you do that, just have a maybe think about this. You go, oh, of course. And yeah, I think as, as we're saying, I think it just comes back to perspective mm-hmm. because I might have this amazing thought in my head and... <laughs> trying to get it away across the best way that you can, but it's not always going to work. Yeah, I can. I can't ever get what's in my head out <laughs> to the general public. It just there's so many rabbit warrens out there. I know that there's brilliance in there somewhere. Well, I believe there is, but to try and get that into general non-spectrum population is sometimes hard to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's good to have someone else to filter stuff back to. And and look, you do you do. You do cater to your audience. Like, you know, I do just your regular stand-up gigs, but I've done other you know, private gigs for you know, companies that want for, for your Christmas parties or uh, awards nights for emergency services and that sort of thing. So you'll 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 change things around and uh, and do jokes for them or like for footy clubs, and it gives them a sense of you know you've worked hard, you've you've made this for us, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it could be as simple as you know changing three or four words in a joke but it sort of endears you to them a little bit more and just 
I think it makes you more appreciated amongst the audience. And relatable. Exactly. To them because, yeah. So where you you work at... I work in tertiary education, but I'm not tertiary educated. Put it that way. This is cool. Yep. I like this. <laughs> what do you... What do you do there? Has that opened up your thought process? Like, is that your long-term job or have you gone through a bit of a... Uh, well, I do. To... I, w- I work in admin. Yeah. So uh, I... Cool. Yeah. So I started at the at uh, just doing yeah, work in a printery. Uh-huh. And uh, we used to send out, back when we had printed study material, we would send that out to the students. You know, it was on your feet all day, just sending out thousands and thousands of packages. And then a job opportunity came up at a higher pay grade, which is obviously the thing that dollar signs rolling in your eyeballs, uh, and so jumped into doing admin work there. But uh, you know, it, it's a it's a great place to work, uh, and great people, and, and great conditions. But there's lots of things that, if I was a much more motivated person, uh, I would probably look into. So, comedy is one of those avenues. Um, we we're talking about country music before. I write country music lyrics. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I haven't done it for a while. I've been focusing a bit more on, on comedy, but that's, that's another thing. I, I, I can't play, uh, I've got two guitars, but I, I couldn't play a note to save myself. Josh can play. Can you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah, say a little honest. bit. Yeah, I can play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can play. I'd love to hear at least, would you look at, so some of the comedians, sing songs in their sets. Would you look at evolving into something like that? I think so. I think I'd like to to learn just enough guitar to play a couple of chords to to get a half-decent song on stage. And I know we had uh, Cameron James here oh, last month who, and no offence, he, he wasn't sitting there doing a, a Jimi Hendrix you know, lick or anything like that, just basic chords but singing a really funny song, Medium Dick. <laughs> for all those who, who haven't it heard it. It needs to be recorded. Yeah, because... and I, I see that sort of thing and I thought, that I would just love to be able to do that, just, yeah. to, just to do that. I, I don't think I'd be able to play guitar remotely well and sing at the same time. But that I guess that would be the, the next goal. And, you know, my, my thing is with, with talking about country music before, I think writing lyrics in country music is very different. Uh, sorry, very similar to... To comedy, because I can write a song about this topic, and then I can write a song about this topic. Same as writing a joke, and in there's a lot more leeway in country music. You know, you can have that little bit of humour in there, uh, and people enjoy that. And I mean, I've always thought that you know I can sit here and write songs all day, but you only need one to you know put that in front of someone and and have that be. Uh, something that the people hear. I don't want to be the guy on the stage that sings it because who's going to want to listen to that? Uh, I don't want to be the guy on the stage playing the guitar because I can't play the guitar. But I'd love to see someone who's good at what they do sing one of you know my songs. That that would be probably a, a, a lifetime dream. Um, but, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's someone listening to this show. I hope so. That probably is writing that style of music that doesn't have lyrics. Yeah. That would have to be. Yeah. And I, I, I have an idea in my head. Like I can say, this is how I want it to go. This is how I want this bit to sound. Could not tell you what that, is it an A, B? <laughs> what, what is that? I don't know. Yeah. But that's, I, I would love to work with someone on, on, on that sort of thing. And I've got ideas for comedy songs to perform, 
but I guess it's uh, me just being motivated enough to to find someone to go right. Let's do this. I think this could be funny, and we'll go from there. Because there's, I, I've yet to see a, a comedy song performed on stage by a you know by a good comedian that hasn't got a round of applause. You know, there's something people just love a good comedy song. It just rallies you. It does, yeah. It rallies you. You're just like, yeah. And that Cameron James one yeah. was so hilarious because I'll say like there was peaks and troughs of that night and it was sort of just like, ah. Oh. And then he just bought this guitar out and I was just like, what is he doing? Like seriously, where did this come from? And then it just hit next level. And because you have a, such a good – your chorus is your punchline. Yeah. He had such a good punchline there talking about wanting a medium-sized dick. <laughs> and so you move from the the chorus uh, into the verse and then people know that punchline's coming back and it's how they, they know how that all relates to each other and so they're anticipating this. So it's just a, it's one big continuing callback. It's and great. again, it comes back to the relatability because I was sitting there listening to it and going, yep, you're right. Like this is just – all he's doing is saying truths. Yeah. Well, I, I was emceeing that night and I had to come on stage after him and I'm like, how do you follow that? And I, was, I just <laughs> thought, you know, I just said, medium dick gives me something to aspire to. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Is it the reason we don't maybe see more? Medium-sized dicks. <laughs> yes, correct. No one probably not wants to see those. Because <laughs> that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> out in the streets. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. in the confines of this studio. Yeah, yes, so. but also illegal in any kind of text message, <laughs> in my opinion. The It's obvious you've just put hit the nail on the head, it's very hard to follow that. Is it because normally that's something that if it's going to happen is maybe set aside for the headliner to do that? Because you're giving people a great joke plus a melody plus something they can sing to and repeatability. If it, if they know that chorus is coming back, they know they're ready for it. And he's, that was such an easy line to remember that by the time we got to the second chorus – Everyone in that room knew every word already. Absolutely, yeah. So they were waiting for it. Like you said, that's not something that probably could have worked well in the context of a whole show if it happened halfway through the lineup. Yeah, it it, it can work if you uh, – luckily, when you've got smart bookers out there that know how to organise a card. So, for example, River in a Comedy Club will do five locals, uh, then we have a little break, and then we do the headliner. Uh, putting a, a musical act last in that first bracket – is always a great idea. Finishing a song, uh, you know, is bound to get a round of applause, uh, and then then you've got your break and people refresh, and so they'll be a bit more forgiving if the next comedian has mm-hmm. has musical, you know, component as well. Be unlikely that they would come straight onto the stage with a guitar doing their first joke. So there is going to be a little bit of a buffer there as well. But I think you know that's it's probably something you'd want to be careful of not booking all musical acts and, and you know when you see that the, the headline has got a guitar on stage, well, he's probably going to be doing, <laughs> picking it up. I think it's, that's Chekhov's gun, I think, you know, like if it's if it's sitting there at some stage, it, it has to be used. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. He's not just going to have it as decoration. <laughs> no, it would be a weird one. If you like us, like I like us, get onto punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. So I don't think you ever answered my question for about the buzz of the gig. I think you put a question straight back to me, so I'm not going to let you get away with that. Yep. I want to know about a gig that stands out in your mind now that you've done 
more of them and as things open up more and more we're all gonna hopefully have the opportunity to do more shows not less well so- I, I i did a unplanned gig uh just recently down in melbourne at a uh we we were down there for a few nights as part of the melbourne national comedy fest the the river and comedy club did a, a, a three-night run sold out thank you very much um <laughs> thank you and uh while we're down there we knew that there'll be the opportunity to perhaps pick up some gigs on the side and there was this one pub down there called the Exford. Great, you know, great little pub. I reckon it'd be awesome to see live music in. I don't know if they, they have that there, but I reckon it'd be fantastic. And it's, uh, I think it's called the Bear Pit, which, yeah, sounds a bit weird. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds very inviting. But uh, some of the guys said, you need to go and do this. And uh, I said, okay, well, let's go have a look. And we went down there the first night and- what it is, it's uh, Chris Franklin who had the song "Bloke." If you mm-hmm. remember that, yeah, yeah, um, amazing comedian, and but he's obviously more known for that amongst the, the mainstream. But uh, he hosts that every Melbourne National Comedy Fest. What it is, it's basically you get up on stage. It's almost what we were talking about before when the audience are respectful. None of that. Okay. So it's it's open slather to 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 a point, uh, but it's. Testing yourself where you, you aren't necessarily in the safety confines of a, you know, curated comedy room. And I, I saw it and I thought, I I have to do this. <laughs> and went back to my room, um, woke up the next morning, put a set together that I thought, right, I've seen what's here. I can't make jokes about lollipops and butterflies because that's not going to work. I mean, these guys are watching AFL lying through their tooth. Basically, if you get what I mean, like it's a it's a rough crowd. Yeah. Um, but I had to find something, cater it to them. I went on stage pretty late in the evening, and which I don't know whether that was a good thing or not. But I, because I think for some people it could probably damage their confidence because you're seeing people just, you know, tell people they start and they suck and all this sort of thing, and it's you know people might turn around and walk out the door. Yeah. But there was hecklers and all that sort of thing, and I got up on stage delivered my jokes, they laughed, I got off on stage to applause and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I was watching people up there before me that were just not connecting mm-hmm. and I'm not saying for any minute that I'm funnier than those people or they're funnier than me, but I'm like, in my mind, I found a way to, to get to you guys that, that aren't your usual paying money to a fairly safe comedy room and that for me is like, that was fantastic. Uh, and then I got to go up again a couple of nights later, which just being asked to do that was was a great feeling that awesome. you did all right. That was good. Um, we'll have you back. Which again comes back to the perspective, right? Absolutely. You went to the perspective token and that's how you got your buzz. I was going yeah. to ask a question about the perspective thing. With any kind of art, but particularly with comedy, you can get very locked into what your first thought about something that's funny is that may fall in line with directly what the audience might think about the same thing and that's why it's funny. He thinks the same thing about this that I do, like going to, you know, register your car or something. Nikki Britton saying you can think about it from the other perspective. Well, the other perspective can also be the complete opposite. If your first instinct is to share your anger about going to the services thing, the opposite of that could be I'm going to act like it's the, my greatest experience I it, and I yeah. love it there. And Best then part of my year. Kind of put the audience offside, but also they realise, oh, he's just clowning. Yeah. And, and audiences, are, like, audiences are smart. They'll appreciate 
that you haven't just picked the low-hanging fruit and yep. gone. You've taken it one step further, sometimes even more, uh, to to put in a bit more effort and change that joke. Because, again, they are now opened up to a different perspective on that. Because once you start talking about something that, yes, it is relatable, but if it's all too familiar, they might get that thing of, I know where this is going. And in my mind, a lot of my stuff, and, and at times it doesn't quite work, I like to not trick people, but have them come into where they, th- I think I'm going somewhere, and then we just go off in this this other direction there. Um, Bit of misdirection. Yeah, and it's it, it works, but Slide when- of the hands. Yeah, that sort of thing. But it, I need to be careful with that, because if I'm, if I'm doing that all the time, and then I try to do a straight, plain joke, they're waiting for that turn. And so it- it doesn't. That joke could be the funniest one of the night, but they're sitting there waiting for me to to turn it on its head, and it doesn't work. So you can't do it. You either do it all the time, or you've got to be very sparing with it. You got a slide of the hand, but not little boy that cried wolf. Yeah. So there's a bit of yeah. a balancey type thing. So we are coming up pretty much on close to the hour. So really we're, already, well, we're up to fifty minutes. Yeah, this time goes fast, mate. It's it just a conversation. So billable hours, mate. Yeah. Mel might have something else, but I'll just just so you can let people know. One thing I think is really awesome is that you keep saying we. We did this as the Riverina Comedy Club, and you're obviously one of the people that's been there essentially from the ground up, particularly on Almost, the, yeah. with the Albury side of it. You've been fully invested the whole time that it's been happening here. How different does that feel when you're going to something like the Melbourne International Comedy Festival as a group of people that care about each other's success as the Riverina Comedy Club? Because you haven't said once, we went there to support Dane or we went there and Ollie went up last or you haven't, you've basically the whole time today been phrasing it as we went to the comedy festival as the Riverina Comedy Club. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Is we that, yeah. Was that a common experience down there or do you think that's something that they've created and we're all part of now, thankfully, that's unique? I think overall comedy in general, not just the Riverina Comedy Club, Comedy is a fairly supportive community. It seems to be mm. from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, and it might not be uh, something that's as, that's as obvious though because, you know, there's, there's only so much of the pie to go around, but generally people are happy for, for each other's success. Yeah, you'll have your, you know, your, some that, that may not be and, and are just wanting to push their own agenda. But what I was saying before with the headliners coming here, happy to give their advice, happy to say, come up to Sydney, sleep on my couch if you want, I'll book you in some rooms. To some little old me sitting in Wagga doing, you know, pretty ordinary jokes about my family, uh, is just amazing. Um, but my advice, I mean, if it's just comedy or anything else, we are a club. Be part of it. Contribute. You know, you'll get so much more out of it than you, than you put in. And that is ex- exactly how I looked at it. We we went to Melbourne. There were, uh, I think, four or five of us there together. And it is a show in its entirety. Yes, I've got my part of that show and I want it to be as successful as it can be. But if another part of the show isn't, isn't as great, then, then I feel uh, not as good. So, so it's 100%. We are a club. What we do there is, is, is on everyone. And that's why we get together and we work and we try and you know, lift each other up. Yeah, I just need to cough. Oh, you cough. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you might add a cough button. Sorry. No, no, just cough. <laughs> No. I just want to actually draw attention to the weird 
face and finger and mouth thing. <laughs> that, it wasn't that in Dave the mouth. Dave just went. That's staying in now. <laughs> finger and mouth. I need to mouth. cough. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I thought he was actually like just going, you know, I've just talked up River in a comedy club, but I'm just turning my head and going. <laughs> um, from a non-performer in the I'm not going to say I'm not in the comedy world, but I believe I've had a privilege to sort of be sort of on the the edges a little bit and see how supportive you all are to each other. It is very different sometimes from even my world of emceeing or musicians and stuff like that because it's competitive, whereas I feel like sometimes the comedy realm, like you're saying, saying, is about the collective. If the collective isn't successful, no one's going to get gigs. And that's how I try and operate too is whatever I'm involved in, I'm just all in. Like I want to know all the parts because if the tech guy isn't working well or whatever, then that is a side of the show that needs to be lifted as well. Like all the parts are just as important as everyone else and I think they should be respected a little bit and I think that with musicians and I'm going to throw them under the bus a little bit go for it (laughs) is they get sometimes so stuck in their egos and competitive about wanting to be better and wanting to be the headliner or wanting to get booked for another gig that they don't realize that if everyone is successful more people will come out yeah and and more like if your show flops that affects the collective correct because I'm associated with that yeah yeah, absolutely. Yep. And it's funny that you, you mentioned that because that's something that um, – that's a lesson that I think uh, a lot of people can learn from you talking about headliners and you know, lead sinkers and that sort of thing. The person who's emptying the garbage in the stadium is just as important yeah. as them Yeah, you know, to, to provide that, that experience. So, yeah, it's yeah, – there's every little bit of – you know, every little cog needs to turn, everything needs to work uh, as it should be for it to be a great experience. We have a lot of our customers – customers, sorry, audience – that come back month after month after month. They're not going to do that if they don't trust us to give them mm-hmm. a great night out. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's why. That's why we – you know, you put in the effort. Uh, and you see, like, the guys in here in Albury and the girls in here in Albury that, that meet up, they, they work on their material – because I don't want to be, you know, you, you get perspective. You put yourself in the in the seat with that audience member where someone's jumped up on stage and hasn't had a go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awkward for them. It's awkward for you. And what's worse, you've paid money for it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love being part of this club because you see that the, these guys and girls uh, recognize that, yeah, they'll, they'll get out of it more than they put in. And it's it's you can tell when they're putting in effort working on their jokes uh, and it's it's just I've got a couple of mates that have, have started doing it recently and so to see their journey from being audience members to being on stage and understanding how much work goes into it it's not just you get up on the night and here's this thing that happened to me and isn't like this a funny proud parent moment it is it is it is yeah. I, I I'm not. I'd give them up for adoption at any minute. But, but like, yeah, I, the dollars I, have to be right there. Yeah. I like that when I've seen musicians that have started quite young and I've watched their evolution. And it's like, oh, and they know your name and they're also, because you were so invested and helpful with them. And the ones that don't develop egos and are fully part of the journey 
like you're on their journey as yeah. well. It's a really nice feeling. And I, I struggle with with um, compliments. I honestly do. Like, and, and I mean that. Try could... throwing some at me now. Or, no. or, you're, or do you mean taking them? No, taking them. Oh, like, okay. So even to. You're in the right room for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm not getting any in here. But um, it's it's weird like to have people come up and say to you, oh, that was that was really good. You you look so natural, relaxed on stage. It feels, I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Like it's. I'm not used to receiving that sort of affirmation and when you, you get up on stage and you tell a joke that in your mind you're you're telling it and you're ready to get on to the next thing and the audience applaud and you're like, Oh, oh really? Yeah. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah. And it's it's just it's a very it's a very, very weird thing for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's funny you talked about compliments because and I think I brought this up in the last episode. My last gig here I thought was one of my strongest sets, but I had one joke that didn't work really at all because it was a bit too intellectual again and I expected a bit too much of people. And like no, but it was more so no they're the worst. No, it was it was because I put I put things in the wrong I put the things you needed to know in the wrong order. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't on them, it was on you. Oh, it was my yeah, fault. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, but the joke itself might not be any good anyway. But I I miffed it. So it was completely my fault. But the next morning you sent me a message. And basically all it said was you should be really proud of how far you've come. You are clearly putting in work. And that was unprompted. Like norm, like people in music do that all the time. Oh, great set, man. Yeah, and you never hear from those people again until 12 months later and you play another gig with them. That's all fluff. But the fact that you took time out of your day and you clearly thought about it at some point that morning that that I'd had a stronger set, that actually got me through the spiral like, of just thinking, oh, that joke didn't work. Oh, my God. Well, I, had- I, I guess because I would be thinking how I would feel mm-hmm. if I got that from someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it and- meant a lot to me because I've talked about it three times, I think, since. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm sort I'm a- of sick of hearing about <laughs> you, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer, too, of, of not, you know, don't pat everyone on the back and say, great set. Like, yeah. Well, that's if, what if I it's- trust you 100% that you wouldn't have said it. Or sent it if you didn't mean it. Yeah, which and is I, why it means more to me, I guess. I'm I'm not the sort of person either that like I won't get up on stage. Uh, sorry, get off stage and, and go. Oh, how'd it go? You know, I know how it went. If, if I need to ask you how it, it how my <laughs> set went, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, you know. So it's. But I might say to you, what, what do you reckon of that? What do you reckon of this? But yeah, I, I certainly I, I don't like just you know pissing in people's pocket and that sort of thing. That doesn't mean if if they're set. You know, bombed because who who hasn't? Uh, I'm not going to go. Man, that was shit. But I'm not going to give them fi- you know fake platitudes and that sort of thing. I'm like, don't insult my intelligence because I already know what what mm. happened. Because so, also, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's fake. It's like a a false. And the last pith. thing I want too is if someone has you know hadn't had the best night and they know that is me coming up and saying, oh, that's an that's an awesome set, and they think, oh. Okay. Oh, that was all right then. Yeah. You know, and then and then they may be going to not have to put in the work for next time. You're a Facebook guy. You write some of the funniest comments on people <laughs> that I know's Facebook pages. I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm not a huge sort of person that puts up their their stuff on Facebook. I like to, yeah, you know, keep play it close to my chest. You'll see it when I'm on stage. Yeah, it's it's something that I need to be better at. I have people in my ear telling me you need to be better at social media. I'm like you need to leave me alone. Uh, yeah. I I don't really like it. Uh, I, I I don't have a, a website. Most of the time, you'll catch me uh, at the Riverina Comedy Club. But yeah, other other than that, I'll be on a poster in a window somewhere. And I don't know if you have anything else, Mel. But is what's the 
when you look forward, you know, 12, 18 months, is there a gig that you have in your sights that you think by that point, I think I'll be good enough to do that show? Is there one out there? Well, after doing Melbourne, we're looking at doing that again next year, but in a different capacity, maybe with uh, you know, longer sets. So we were doing around the seven to 10 minutes, so maybe doing a 15 to 20 minute spot mm-hmm. and then maybe opening ourselves up to doing uh, things like Adelaide. Uh, and then also- the fringe. The fringe, yeah. And yeah. then when, when we go to you know somewhere, going to the footy or anything like that, trying to incorporate a comedy show. Mm-hmm. So from now on, in my mind, if I'm going to another city- that has you know, those open mics or whatever, I'm going to try and fit that in. But in terms of, of a long-term goal, at least for next year, we'll be trying to do Melbourne and National Comedy Fest. Uh, and then who knows from there. I don't see myself as, as someone that's going to be selling out rooms, doing hour shows. I don't necessarily want to be that person. Uh, I'd really like to just be the guy that is the surprise, at you know, opens for someone. You think, geez, that guy was funny. I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. Uh, and then they leave just, you know, not knowing anything about me, but just remembering those jokes. It's weird how he and I are so aligned on so many things. Yes, well, you you might be. (laughs) We share, I think, and it's something I've said to Mel before, that I like that you're obsessed with the craft because I feel that I've I've really only made what progress I have from being obsessed with the writing and the craft. Like whatever progress I have been, whatever that is, is only pretty – because of such limited stage time – I started and then six months later there was bushfires and then there was yeah. COVID. So, but there's only like, it, yeah. it, but it, I, I respect that about you because I feel like you seem to be getting so much better all the time. But a lot of that is work. It, it takes it, it, something to click. It, it, I, it was my second show and I watched Luke Heggie perform and he came on stage in the first two minutes. I'm like, oh, there's a science to this. I get it now. And then you just start to take things apart. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Mel? No, I've just found my spirit animal, animal in dress sense. You've no. spent, you two have connected on an intellectual level. <laughs> and, you, and, and you guys on a flatty level. And I have found my spirit animal in the dress sense capacity. So Excellent. this is good. <laughs> so for people to support us that have enjoyed this episode, they can buy us a coffee. So you can either check out Dave on Facebook yep. or you can buy us a coffee. Or on River and a Comedy Club because he's just said that he hates Facebook. Yes, so, or you yeah. can go, to, go see him at a show and yes. maybe mention afterwards that yeah. I didn't know who you were, but now I do. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Thanks yep. for having me, guys. Excellent. Righto. Bye bye. Cheers. Laters. Cheers.